big week for China, hosting its 19th Party Congress, something it does twice a decade. Chinese President Xi laying out China's most important policy document today, touched on politics, the economy, national defense, foreign policy, and more. His comments really setting the agenda for the country and Communist Party. Let's talk about what we heard from Xi. Uh, Brendan Ahern is chief investment officer at Crane Funds, which offers several ETFs investing in China. He joins us, Brendan does, on the phone in New York City. Brendan, nice to have you here. Um, these are This is a big week for China, right? You know, kind of setting out what their priorities are for the country, for the Communist Party. Uh, tell us what you found significant. Well, it is, uh, you know, the uh, People's Congress will last over the next six days. We just had the first day today. Really, I think the, the main emphasis of Xi's speech uh, from a um, societal perspective is a goal of improving the life of the people of China while addressing uneven development, um, income inequality in China. So what does that mean in terms of investment implications? Well, I, I think pivoting a little bit from when we put on our investor hat, first and foremost, uh, there was a strong emphasis on addressing environmental issues, addressing mm -hmm. issues of pollution. Um, we think that's a great area. In general, you always want, our belief is you always want to invest in line with government policy. So you had a heavy emphasis on environmental issues, de-emphasized housing. Uh, houses are to be built and not uh, for speculation. And lastly, a emphasis on uh, consumption, uh, raising domestic consumption in China. So what does that mean then for you, thinking about, you know, what are the investment areas that investors should focus on? Just, you know, is it Chinese domestic companies that play into those areas, or is it multinational companies that play into those areas? Well, I think on the domestic consumption side, um, you know, China is leapfrogging over um, the big box retailer stage. It's happening online uh, via the internet and, and e-commerce. So uh, there are a lot of great local companies. If it's Alibaba or JD.com, um, at the same time there are there are U.S. multinationals. You bring up a great point, Carol. They're doing quite well in China. If it's a Nike, mm -hmm. uh, Walmart is actually doing a big strategy. So so it, it, it's you know, we're more focused on the Chinese companies. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for any investor, there's great opportunities being aligned with the rise of domestic consumption in China today. Well, tell us about, you know, I was looking on your website, kind of the variety of ETFs that you guys have. Um, tell me a little bit about the strategy and how uh, you guys are shaping these particular funds. Well, we're, you know, first and foremost, we're very focused on China and new China sectors. And secondarily, we're focused on the opening up of China's onshore capital markets. So Shanghai, fourth and seventh largest stock exchanges in the world, uh, not in any index today. Uh, that is going to change beginning next June 1st with MSCI's inclusion. China's onshore bond market, third largest bond market in the world, Bloomberg Global Aggregate, JPEM Debt, City Sovereign, total weight is 0%. What happens when the third largest bond market in the world goes into these indices? We just think it's, we want to skate to where the proverbial puck is going, which is getting in, in front of uh, these major inflows as China's onshore markets are um, included within broader indices. At the same time, we know new, new China sectors are taking up a, a bigger and bigger percentage of the economy. Service sector is now 50% of GDP. Um, so so that, that's really our key focus. We're then creating that into uh, exchange-traded funds with uh, unique, uh, really unique indexes that we uh, work with uh, a variety of providers in creating. Cycling back a little bit to what we heard from President Xi, um, he did warn of kind of severe challenges for the country. 
When you look at China specifically as an investment arena, what is it that most worries you? Well, I think the, the liabilities in China, and then certainly there are liabilities in China, garner a lot of attention. Um, at the same time, we're focused on providing a balanced perspective for investors. So if there's liabilities, that means it's a balance sheet, which means on the other side of the ledger are assets. So, so I think we're focused more upon uh, trying to provide a balanced perspective on what's taking place in China's economy and capital markets. Um, and those liabilities garner, we think, far too much attention. And therefore, that, that's really the upside for us is uh, uh, that, that there's, there's not a lot of great sources of, of balance information around China. We hope to fill that void. Well, that's interesting. Okay. And I see where you're coming from. But what is the liability that you think that investors are spending too much time on? Well, I think uh, one, one area would be credit. So, so China does have debt. Uh, that debt is predominantly corporate. It's, mm -hmm. it's not the national government. It's not in foreign-denominated assets where a lot of people get in, you know, a lot of countries get into trouble. Uh, household debt has upticked a little bit, but we think, one, we think there is a uh, deleveraging process taking place. It's going to take, take time, but, but corporate debt is actually beginning to come down. And this, the second aspect, Carol, is you right. know, everyone quotes debt-to-GDP. But what about what? Are, what are the assets that China has? So, mm -hmm. so there's twice as much money sitting in bank uh, Chinese bank accounts as there is GDP. Right. So if you take debt or assets minus debt, Brendan, the GDP. Forgive me. It's not that bad of a number. Got it. You got it in, and I appreciate that. We got to run. Brendan Ahern, Chief Investment Officer at Crane Funds, joining us on the phone in New York City. This is Bloomberg.